with me this morning, please? God, we are so honored to have you here with us today. And it is wonderful to know, and it's such a security to know that your love never fails, that you never run out on us, Lord God, that it goes on and on and on. And God, we ask that in those times when we just are struggling, in those times when we're just not sure where to turn, Lord God, it is you, Lord. You are the one that is our rock, our salvation, and there's no one higher than you. And we give you the praise and glory. Thank you so much, Lord, for being with us here today as we come together to lift your name on high. Our Father, Creator, you mold our hearts together. There's no one higher than you. Redeemer, Defender, our great and mighty Savior. There's no one higher than you. You are always with us, gracious to forgive us. By your power we've been set free. And Lord, we stand amazed in your presence. Astounded by your mercy and love. Our hands are lifted high in surrender. Your grace for me is always enough. And there is no one higher than our God. There is no one higher than you. Majestic. Crossroads, aren't you glad to be here this morning? It's air conditioned, right? So we're, we're glad that you're here this morning. Welcome to Crossroads. If you are a guest here this morning, I'd like to invite you to stop by our Welcome Center. We have a gift for you this morning, and uh, we appreciate you being here. It's been a great uh, summer so far. We're thanking God for all that's going on. 
Uh, two weeks ago, we had our vacation Bible school, and you got to see a little bit last week of what happened from vacation Bible school. And then uh, we had our Ecuador trip. We've had several movie nights. And our next movie night is coming up on August the 12th. Uh, wreck it, Ralph. It'll be a nice family night out here on the lawn. Bring your lawn chair. Bring a blanket. 8 o'clock, the, uh, the concession stand will start. And then by dusk, we'll start the movie. So I want to encourage you to take that invite out of, the, out, of the, out of the bulletin there and hand it to somebody. Invite a friend, a neighbor, and just uh, see what God will do. It's a, it's a great time. And many people have been introduced to the church by those type of events. So we're excited to host that. Um, and then coming up in September uh, on Labor Day weekend, on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend, we're going to have a church picnic out at Peterswood Park, and that information is in the bulletin. You'll see more details to come on that, so we're going to start talking about that. It's hard to believe we're starting to think about September already. Have you noticed that? It's like, wow, school's going to be kicking in in a few weeks, and a lot of, a lot of big changes are coming as, uh, as the calendar rolls there. So we're, we're thankful for your faithfulness through the summer. I'd like to ask our ushers to come forward as we receive our morning offering. Um, it was really exciting this morning. You know, just a few weeks ago, I asked you to pray for, for Dale Varega, who is having a brain tumor removed. And this morning, he was here in church worshiping. And uh, he's doing well, and he looked great. And, and uh, we're just thanking God that, was, uh, that, that he protected him and guided him through that. So thank you for your prayers for him. And uh, if you're a guest here this morning... We invite you to let this offering plate pass you, uh, pass you by, and, uh, and this is for those that are regular givers this morning. We're, uh, we're growing in the grace of giving. So let's bow in prayer as we seek the Lord, shall we? Our Father and our God, we come before you and we thank you for all that you're doing. You are an awesome God. You do so many great things in our life, and we, we honor you and we bless your name this morning. Thank you, God, for the way that you've watched over us as a church. Thank you for the faithfulness of your people giving. Um, Lord, it's just an awesome privilege as we come to you and we say thank you. Thank you for giving us eternal life. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for providing for my needs. And God, as we hand this back to you, we, we truly do. We hand it over to you and we ask you to, to be blessed and we ask you to be honored this morning. In your name we pray.
Uh, we've been talking this summer on our Joyride series. We're continuing through the book of Philippians, chapter 3. Thank you, Dan. Philippians chapter 3, and if you have your Bibles, go ahead and head over to there. <clears throat> We're talking today about the future, how that you can have joy in the future. Um, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about the future, when you're, when you're looking at running towards the future and you're running with worry, have you ever noticed that? Many times when we think about future events, future things, we look and we look at worry and we're saying, wow, there's some sort of challenge here as we look, look ahead to the future. Uh, remember the movie Back to the Future? You know? uh, remember the whole thing with the car and the, you know, uh, going off there and now 2015's come and gone. I remember when that movie was made and now you know, 2015 that was in movies come and, and, and went. But, uh, you know, the future, we, we all have an interest in the future. Where will be? What will I look like in 10 years? What will my life look like? What will my job, what will I be doing in 10 years? And, you know, and we, we tend to be a little bit fearful of the things that happen that, that are, are to yet to come. We're uncertain. And if you're looking at the future with fear, what kind of joy is that? The Apostle Paul uses some terms here that help us look at the future and look at the future with some, some real joy. C.S. Lewis said that the future is something that everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour, whatever he does, whoever he is. Uh, we all are moving at the same speed to the future, 60 minutes an hour. And for some of us, we can't slow that down. You know, we, we're looking at the future, we're saying, I wish I could slow the future down. Um, I, I look at how far life has come already and I say, wow, you know, my kids have both graduated high school, they're both going off to college in the fall. Wow, this is, life has changed. I wish I could slow the future down. Others are saying, I wish the future would get here. Um, you know, remember whenever you were a, a young person in high school and you said, man, I just couldn't wait to turn 16 to get my driver's license, you know? And then little did you know that that would, that would only be the beginning of many things to come and that one day you'd say, oh, it's just the driver's license. But you waited all your life for that future to come. Well, as we look, to, look ahead to the future, you can... You can take your joy level up by a few principles that we look in the scripture here this morning. Philippians 3, 12 through 14 says this, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. What happened? The, last week we looked at the, the first half of chapter 3 where Paul has given his list. He says, if anybody has bragging rights, I have bragging rights. Uh, let me tell you what my life was like before I came to Christ. And he lists off all these good things. He says, I was the Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a, a, a very religious person. He was a patriotic person. He was a person who, who had all the bases covered. He, he followed all the law. And as he stands up before the law of God, uh, before saying, look, I've done all these laws, he's offering all his good unto God. And he says, look, I count them all as rubbish. I, get, I, I just throw them away. They're rubbish. They're no good. And so, as, uh, as, as he says, that there's nothing. That doesn't compare to knowing Christ. As I get to know Christ, knowing Christ and knowing the power of his resurrection, that is what my life is now worthy of. So what my, my, what my life once had a target of was to be good and to, all, to do all these things and, and to build my list. He says, my list is no longer any good. My new list is Christ. And so as we look today, he says, not that I have attained already. He says, not that I have been perfect. Uh, or have already been made perfect, uh, but I press on to take hold of what Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on. That word press on is in a race. He says, I'm pressing on. I'm moving forward in the race. And when you when you're think about a race, I want you to consider this. When you're thinking about a race, I want everybody to get in the race. That's what the Apostle Paul is telling us here. He says, look, I'm in the race. I'm running, and I'm pressing forward. I'm pressing on. I want to encourage you to get in the race. Uh, if you're not running, are you participating in your spiritual life? Have you taken an active role in your spiritual growth? He says that you get to participate. He says, I am running the race. I press on to take that which Christ has already taken hold of me. That I am pressing on. That God has died on, Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin. And I am in the race. I'm keeping moving forward. Get in the race. Don't be content with the status quo of your spiritual growth. Now remember that. Don't be content with the status quo of your spiritual growth. Here's what happens. We're running the race. 
we're moving forward. And as we move forward in, in, our, in our life, you look back and it's like, wow, um, if I'm not running the race, I'm just kind of sitting and I'm watching. I'm just, I'm just taking it all in. And so God wants us to be active participate, actively participating in your spiritual walk. Uh, that there, there's, there's the term there for to press on. You are taking an active role in pressing on. You are taking an active role in moving forward in your spiritual life. And that's what God has in store for our spiritual life, for us to have an active role, to keep going. Should I say keep growing? He says, I press on. Don't be satisfied with anything less than all that Jesus saved you for. Jesus saved you. He has a goal for you in your life. He has, he has a plan for you in your life. And he's saying here, he's saying, listen, don't be satisfied with anything less than what God has called you to do. Do you realize that some of, the, some of the areas of life that we struggle with, some of the sin areas of life that we struggle with, those are less than what God has for you? And whenever I go out, Satan always takes and he always tempts us. He comes in and he says, listen, I've got something better than what God has for you. And, and the Apostle Paul says, press forward to what God has called me for. Don't settle for these things that are less. Don't settle for these areas of temptation that, that, that may make you feel good now. And, uh, and those are areas that, that, that are, you're prone to. He says, don't settle for those areas, but press on towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Press forward to what God has for you in your life. Don't be satisfied with anything less. Psalm 37.5 says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. You want to see God do something in your life? Commit your way to the Lord. You trust Him. That is when God acts. That's when God does something in your life. And it's, that's so powerful. I, I, I'm looking at that verse in a different light this week. I'm looking at him saying, Okay, I know. I want to encourage our church to be committed in their walk with the Lord. I want to encourage you to be committed in the race. But the second half of the verse says, that's when he acts. You want to see God transform your life. You want to see something happen in your family. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him, and he will act. Don't settle for the things of this world. Um, run the race with a, with a focus on the goal. Look forward and, um, and, and, and understand that you're not perfect. The Apostle Paul says here, I press on to take hold of what, uh, of what that is. Run with a goal in mind. He says, I'm not perfect at this point. Not that I've already obtained this or I have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. I am pressing on. I'm not perfect. I'm not complete yet. That word perfect, you can change it and, and put the word mature in there. He's saying, look, I'm not matured yet. I, I, I'm certainly not perfect. I'm not mature. I haven't crossed the finish line. I haven't met to the goal yet that Christ has called me to. And Christ has called him to the same goal that he's called you and I, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And so he says, listen, I'm not there yet. I am not perfect. I'm not complete. I'm not mature. I have not yet attained this. <clears throat> Paul says that I have not yet arrived. I am so far from what God wants me to be. And he says, I want you to run with a goal in mind. Uh, I press on to take hold. I press on to take hold of what God has taken hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. He says, look, keep pressing on. And I want you to think about that. When we, when, when we run with a goal, if you have a goal in mind, you can run the race. Uh, consider consider the, uh, the Olympians as they're preparing and they're training. And they train all their life for a two-minute race. Uh, they train all their life for, for a 30-second race. They give all their life for, the, for this great race. As you're training in your life and you get out there, God has a race. And our race is a lot longer than two minutes. But it's a lifelong, and he's got a lifelong journey. And the, and the finish line is living for God. The finish line is Christ himself. And he says, I want you to keep running. I want you to be actively involved in your spiritual life. You get to have an active involvement in your spiritual life. Uh, consider if somebody was to, to rescue you. And somebody who comes in there, they're going to rescue. They throw a rope over. And what do you do? You take the rope and you tie the rope around you and you hold on to the rope, right? And then the person up top, they keep pulling the rope up. And as they're pulling the rope up, they're, they're pulling you up. 
Well, you can't do anything to earn your salvation. Jesus died on the cross, and God throws you the rope. The Son of God died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He came back to life. You can offer God all the good in the world. You can be the best person ever to live. And God says that it's not good enough because of our sin. And so when we come and we say, all right, I'm, I'm going to take God, and I'm going to hold on to Jesus, what he did. And God pulls us, and he rescues us. When you're holding on, you get, that, you get to participate in that Christian walk. And that's the goal. See, I'm running the race with a goal. I'm moving forward, and I'm pressing on toward, toward the mark of Christ Jesus. But as we look at that, you know, if you, if you look at life without a purpose, I've gotten around sometimes maybe when somebody goes through a job transition, or maybe when somebody retires, different changes in their life, relationships. Uh, when, when you lose a purpose, it's very dangerous in your life. If you have no reason to get up in the morning, no reason to, to, to have an agenda, nothing to do, when, when, you, when you lose that purpose, it's very dangerous. And the same goes in our spiritual life. If you don't have a purpose in your spiritual life, it is a very dangerous ground. So we've got to have that goal. Solomon was one, one of the greatest, wisest people to ever live. And if you go through, a friend of mine stopped in my office this week. He said, I was reading the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, and I'm really depressed. Solomon wrote it. He said, I'm really depressed after reading it. I said, well, that's because he talks in there about how that life is meaningless. Have you ever noticed that life is, a, is just one big hamster wheel? Okay. We're talking right now about the, the Labor Day picnic coming up. And then we're going to be talking about Christmas. And then we're going to be talking about Easter. And then we'll be talking about Vacation Bible School again. And then we'll be talking about the Labor Day picnic. And then we'll be talking about Christmas. And then we'll be talking about Easter. And then we'll be talking about the next Labor Day picnic. And then we'll go to Christmas. And then to Easter. And it just goes in cycles, right? If that's all there is to life, it's meaningless, isn't it? If that is all there is, how many times can you get excited about Christmas coming? I think 18 years, that was it, right? My kids are grown. It's not that fun anymore, right? Uh, look, as you go through the cycles of life, it's, it's no longer about these, these meaningless things. He says, I want you to run with a race. I want you to run the race with the goal of Christ Jesus. I want your life, your life. The Apostle Paul said that his life was consumed by the calling of God on his life. I want to encourage you. God has a calling on your life. And I want to encourage you to be consumed with that. To stay in the race. Not only have a goal, but to stay in the race. See, Solomon, Solomon lost his purpose. When Solomon, uh, I want you to think about this. Solomon was the wisest man who ever, who ever lived. And, um, and you think of all the wise, wise things he did, the scriptures that he's written, and you say, wow, look at all that he's done. I mean, the guy had a thousand wives. And I'm not sure how wise that was. But he had a thousand wives. And he goes through and it's like, wow, he, 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 he had all the riches of everything. And he comes to this point where he says, listen, I've lost my purpose. And that can happen to you. Don't lose your purpose. Put your purpose on Christ and focus in on him. Stay in the race. The next thought this morning is to stay in the race. Don't bottom out. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which, Christ, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Don't run away. Don't, don't, uh, don't run out of the race. Don't drop out of the race. Stay in the race and keep running. I want you to think this morning about a few things here. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what lies behind. And I, my question this morning is, how do you do that? How do you forget what has happened to you in the past? How do you forget when somebody has harmed you? Somebody has sinned against you in the past? Or better yet, how do you forget when you have sinned in the past? When you've done something to harm somebody? Maybe you've made some decisions that wrecked your own life. How do you forget that? The Apostle Paul says, look, I'm running. And what did the Apostle Paul have to forget? He had something pretty big to forget. He was once a persecutor of Christians. And he says, I have to bury that. I have to put that away. I have to forget that. Because that was such an error of my life. 
I was the Pharisee of Pharisees in my former life, and I persecuted. I, I saw people get killed. I saw people jailed. I hurt the cause of Christ. And he says, I have to bury that. So how do we do that? How do we forget? The word forget, we often think that the word forget means like I don't ever remember it, right? Well, Webster has a definition. If you look it up in the dictionary, Webster says this, that is to treat with inattention. To forget means I treat something with inattention or disregard. See, to forget doesn't mean that I don't have a record of it. It means that I don't pull the record out and, and look at the record every day. Do you see the difference? Um, I, I remember all those things that my dad said to me as a child. All those negative things. I have the remembrance, but I've chosen to forget them. I've chosen to treat them with disregard. I've chosen not to pull them out of the foul cabinet. I remember people who hurt me in my past. And there are many people who have hurt me in my past, in, in your past as well. And I remember those. I remember those mistakes that I made. I remember those, that high school grades that you wish you could have done better at, right? I remember those courses in college that, that you know, do you ever notice people don't go back and check your high school record anymore? Why is that? You're 30, 40 years old? They're not going and pulling your high school record anymore. As a matter of fact, they don't even pull your college record anymore. I'm really glad about that. Because I had a motto in college, C's make degrees. And it helped me get through it. I made a lot of C's, right? If you go pull that record, you'd find all those C's. I'd go back and say, I'd like to change that. I'd like to, I'd like to see something different happen there. But you know what? Those are all buried. And, and it's, it's a matter of choice. I have to choose to forget. I have to choose to forget what has happened. Um, we can't change the past, but we can change the meaning of the past by the power of God. See, negative things will happen, and you have had some failures. You have had things that have hurt you. People will hurt you, and the longer you're alive, you'll be hurt more. But I, I have chosen this, to, to lock that in the foul cabinet. Because that, that, that is on the bottom shelf. All those pain, all those hurt, all those things that I have even caused there are problems in my life that I have even made. I've had to put them down. Why? Because I'm running a race. And when you run a race, you have to keep your eye on the goal. So I'm running the race, but I have to forget what is behind me. I want to encourage you this morning. What are the things that you have to forget? Maybe there's some areas of your life, things that you say, I wish I could have changed. I wish there were some seeds that I could go back and, and change. I wish that there were things that I would have never said to my parents. I wish there were things that my parents would never have said to me. I wish there, and you, you can go back, you fill in that blank. You, don't, you, you see different relationships that have failed. You see jobs that have changed. And you go back and you're living over there. We have to forget. doesn't mean that we don't remember. It means that I choose to treat it with disregard. I choose not to dwell on it. Amy Carmichael, this is a great statement by Amy Carmichael. She says, if I say I cannot forgive cannot forget, as though, the God that, as though the God who washes clean a thousand sands on a thousand beaches every day could not wash clean my, my needful mind, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. The cross says that I can forgive. The cross says that I can forget. And as a matter of fact, think about this. God knows everything about you. Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin. And when you come to the Lord Jesus and you accept his offer of forgiveness, do you know what he does with your record? Treated with disregard. As far as the east is from the west. He says, okay, we're moving ahead. I want you to keep running in the race because I have a plan for your life. I want you to watch this clip here this morning. Get set. Get up, lad, get up. Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! 
You take good care of this lot of yours, Mr. McGraw. Because if you drop him, you'll never find another one like this. It's not the prettiest quarter I've ever seen, Mr. Little. Certainly the bravest. Let him up. Come on, gently. Kick it around. You may remember watching that in the movie Chariots of Fire, and uh, you know when you see him get knocked over. That I think that here's what happens for most of us: when we get knocked over, we tend not to get back up in the race. We tend to say, "Well, I'll just race again some other time." Uh, I, you know what? I'm not sure if I'll ever race again because I've been hurt. That happens in churches all the time. People come to church and they say, "Well, you know what? I got hurt." You know why you get hurt? Because you were human. And humans get hurt. And humans hurt each other, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes intentionally. But the key is to get up and get back into the race. Uh, you may have been hurt by a family member. You may have been hurt by a, a neighbor, a relative, a, somebody at your work. There are things that hurt us. And when we come over here to this pain, we tend to just stop and stop running. And, but God says, I'm going to give you the power I'm going to give you the energy. I'm going to give you the grace to keep going. That's what happened for the Apostle Paul. Imagine the Apostle Paul dealing with his past. He was persecuting the church. And as he's persecuting the church, he says, uh, he's now done with it and he's moving forward. As he moves forward, he had to put, to, he had to put away all the past. And I want you to think about your past. What are some of the things that you have to put away? Um, some of our past victories we have to put away. You know, just because I've climbed a mountaintop. I hear sometimes, sometimes we, you say, well, I don't have anything negative in the past. Well, there's things in our past that we have to put away. Not just the negative, but also the victories. There are things that, 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 were, that were really good. And we say, well, you know, I don't even have to race anymore. I climbed that mountain already. And it's like whenever maybe you said, well, you know, I remember whenever I was new in the faith. I used to help out and and do this around the church. Well, <laughs> we're still growing. We're 30 years later in the faith, 40 years later, wherever you're at, you're off. You have to keep growing in the faith. And you have to keep exercising. You have to keep moving along. Keep, keep on that path. They say, I'm going to run the race. All right, how am I serving? Oh, yeah, I used to help out with the youth group back whenever I was young. Okay, well, maybe you don't want to help with the youth group anymore. Where are you running the race? Where are you plugging in? I used, I used to take stuff to my neighbors when we were younger. I hear many people talk about that. When we were younger, I remember a time, and we're looking back to the past victories. So sometimes we have to bury that. We have to say, okay, yes, those were good times. You can't live in the good old days. They were good old days, weren't they? We love to talk about the good old days, but you can't live in the good old days. You can't live in the past. Now think about this. We have a past. We have a present, but none of us are guaranteed the future. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So the goal is to press on towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. We need to have a commitment. We need to, rate, we need to have a, a commitment. Be committed to race. Get in the race and say, I am going to do this. I'm, whatever it takes, this is my goal in life is the high calling of Christ Jesus. It is not for my comfort. It is not for my personal, uh, uh, personal uh, gain, it is all about Christ. It is to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. If I start to do that now, I see that my priorities begin to change. You look at a list, you take your list, and you say, okay, I have about all these things that I need to do. And, uh, but the apostle said, one thing I do. I forget the past, and I'm striving forward. I'm moving forward. He had a clear commitment. Um, his commitment was, was clear. He's following the goal of Christ Jesus. He had a big commitment. His, his commitment was to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of him. He had energy in his commitment. He, he said, man, I am going to be on fire. He is moving forward for what it is that God wants. He says, I forget what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. 
Do you ever stumble? Like the guy in the video, did anybody push you down? He says, I get back up. I may get knocked down, but I get back up. I'm in the game. I'm rolling forward. I'm moving forward. I forget what lies behind, and I'm striving for what God has. Uh, sometimes you get tired. Did you ever notice that? Sometimes when you're, when you're striving, you're going for the goal. Here's the goal, Christ Jesus, what God has done in my life, what he is going to do. And I'm saying, All right, for, for, I don't know what, God, what the future holds, but I'm moving ahead, and I'm looking to Christ. You know, it's not wrong to be tired. It's not wrong to say, man, this was a hard race today. It's okay, and sometimes you have to take a little bit of rest, but get back in the game. It's all right to, to, to go through those moments. And sometimes we think that the, that the Apostle Paul was like the super Christian, don't we? Just because he was the guy who, was, uh, who wrote half the, half the New Testament. We look at him and say, wow, here's an incredible guy. And yes, he was an incredible guy, but he says, I have not attained everything. I'm not here yet. I haven't crossed that finish line. But let me tell you what I've done. I've got my eye on the goal. And so this morning, I want to encourage you. Is your eye on the right goal? Uh, God has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. He, he, has a, he, he has a calling. Look what the Apostle Paul says here. He says, I press on, verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He had a high calling. It was heavenward. And he, has a, he was called. And you are called by God too. God has a call. Every member is a minister. God has called each one of us. I, I'm called up here. God has placed me here for such a time as this. And I'm able to proclaim his word and his truth. And you are called to where God has called you. He's called you to your office tomorrow. He's called you to your family this week. And you get to proclaim his truth. You get to love. You get to open up your, your arms and care for people. Open up your heart and give to people. And God has placed you in those areas for such a time as this. And as you go out and you work for the Lord, you see, I have that target in mind. Let me tell you what happens. It gets tough along the journey. Over here, relationships start to break up. Over here, finances start to break up. Over here, we have health crisis. And you start looking at all those things. And what happens when we're running the race? We start looking over there. We start looking over there. Oh, I got this pain here. Oh, I have this issue here. Oh, I have this. And the Apostle Paul says, yeah, I have all that too. But I'm pressing on toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm looking at the mark. I have a calling from God. You have a calling from God. God has shaped you for his purposes. God has given you a personality. He's given you gifts. He has made you the way that you are for what he has called you to do. God wants you to go and, and do something for him. And as you go out and you do something for him, uh, I'm, I'm not there. I'm not with you. I don't know what God has called you to do. But I know this. God has placed something for you. So I want to encourage you to, uh, to do what God has called you to do. He was, he was committed. The Apostle Paul was committed. God called me to do this. God called me to, to go open his word, he says. He, he follows on what God has called him for. Verse 15, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that, that, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. He, the Apostle Paul says, look, let us live up to what it is that we've attained. Let us... Live up to, the, to what God has called us in your life. Settle for nothing less. Get in the race. Run the race. And, and don't quit. I, I, run around, I run into people so often that are dealing with issues. And the issues are real. But they've stopped running the race. They've bowed out. Uh, they, were, they were more than tired. They, they came to the point where they made a decision. They said, I'm choosing not to run anymore. And there's nothing that breaks my heart more than to hear somebody who says, I once ran for God, and I just got disinterested. I once ran for God, and, well, I had problems, so I'm not running for him anymore. I've got my eyes on these other goals over here, and my goal is over here how to fix this and fix that. And you know what? We have to work on these things as we're going, but the goal 
is the high calling of Christ Jesus. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to identify in your life, what has God called you to do? What is it that God, maybe you can look at how you're gifted, and you can look at how that, how that God has, uh, has, has guided you, shaped you for his glory. And what is it that God has given you? And you say, you know, I look at other people and I say, I see these people who play music. I say, man, I would love to play an instrument. I see people who sing. I'd love to sing. I see people who are artists. I'd love to be able to draw. I'd love to be able to do some of those things. I see people who are very mechanical. I say, I wish I was so mechanical. And I start looking around at all these other giftings that all these other people have. And I said, wait a minute. That's not how God gifted me. I would like, I would like, I would like. But you know what? I'm not going to be any of those people. I'm going to be me. That's who God made me. So I get to be me, and I get to, to, to do what God has called me to do, and that's what God has done for you. You get to be you. God has given you a certain way with people. He's given you a certain connection with people. He's given you certain gifting, giftings. And as you work for the, the, towards that goal, the goal of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. As you keep running the race, look what God's going to do all around you. God is going to transform people everywhere you go. God is going to use you to do his will and his work, but he's going to use you. He'll use me. He'll use you. He's going to use us all. But let's run the race with the prize in mind. Let's bow in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, like to encourage you this morning to respond to the things of God. To look at what God has called you in your life. What, what kind of commitment are you, do you have in the race? When the going gets tough, do you get going? Or do you stick it out through thick and thin? What things do you need to bury? Maybe you've been knocked over in the race. What things do you need to bury? What things do you need to forget? File that in the bottom of the filing cabinet. Forget what is behind and strive towards the goal this morning. The high calling of Christ Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've not yet started a relationship with God, God wants you this morning to make this personal. To accept his offer of love and forgiveness. He died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He paid for everything in your past. Everything in your present. And everything in your future. And if you'll just open your heart before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Accept his love this morning. Accept his offer of forgiveness. That's the beginning point. So if that's you this morning. I'm going to invite you just to quietly pray in your seat to the Lord. Just pray something like this to Him. Dear God, I'm a sinner and I need You. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You paid for everything in my past. Everything in my present and everything in my future. You died on the cross. You came back to life again. And I invite you into my heart right now. And if that's you here this morning, I want to encourage you, share that with somebody. Let somebody know, hey, today God met with me. I, God stepped into my life this Sunday morning at the church. And for others, maybe you've been hurt. You've been hurt by life itself. You've been hurt by the past. You've been hurt by people. Maybe you've been hurt by some of your own actions. Where, what areas are you needing to, to put away and forget? Oh, you'll never not able, you'll always be able to remember, but to forget, to really disregard it, to, to lock it up and say, all right, I'm not going to pull that out. I'm not going to review that record anymore. Put the goal, strive towards the goal. Father God, I come before you. And I pray that you'll be with each person here this morning as, the, as they walk in your ways, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Apostle Paul with this great challenge that I, I strive forward. I attain. I am, I'm trying to get to the, to the finish line. 
to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to come and kneel and pray, feel free to do so. The altar will be open as we sing our closing song. Let's stand together.